0: Hello, my name is Emily Jansen and this is the Leadership is Female podcast podcast. I'm a female leader in sports. I'm the general manager of a triple A baseball team in minor league baseball. and I'm the first woman to hold this title in nearly 20 years. And I'm here with the leadership is female podcast to make sure that this amount of time never goes by again before another woman leads. Marian Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here to interview successful women in sport to uncover opportunity Learn the tips, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes to get you to the top faster. Join me and my guests week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. I will lead her forward because leadership is female. You guys, welcome to episode 52 of the Leadership is Female podcast. We did it. We made it one entire year of one episode per week interviewing women who work in sports front offices, women who work side by side with sports in technology and other services, and women who work with women to help them level up as a career coach or leadership coach. I want to share with you today one interview about the Leadership is Female podcast from Jayliny 090909 who says advice and empowerment. As a woman in sports who is trying to shatter glass ceilings and break barriers, I'm incredibly thankful to hear other women paving the way while talking with one of my role models in the industry. Some of the advice given has helped me grow professionally and given me the strength to stand up for myself and what I deserve as a woman in sports. Plus hearing the stories of such amazing women empowers me to want to be and do better every single day. Thank you so much, Jalenie. This is exactly what we strive to do on the podcast. It's been an honor to bring this podcast to you each week, and I can't thank you enough for listening. Please do me a favor and help lead her forward. How do you do that? Share this podcast with a friend, rate the podcast five stars, leave a review just like Jay Linny, screenshot and post about us on social media, tagging me, your leadership is female. As we have heard from our guests time and time again, we can't Reach the next level without finding or using our voice. So, I'm asking you to use your voice to help other women by sharing a podcast made for them. You are made for more. We are all in this together and we go farther together. So, please share Leadership is Female and know that my gratitude extends to you. So, let's go with episode number 52. This week we've got Jen Adams. She is a holistic executive coach who works exclusively with high achievers in the business of entertainment, sports, and leisure to elevate their career potential through mindset, mastery, visioning, and goal setting. Jen brings a unique dimension to her practice, having served on the leadership team for one of the world's largest and most recognized brands, American Airlines. Throughout her career, Jen has honed her expertise in leading individuals and teams through mergers, crises, and other business transitions, including the 2014 U.S. Airways-American Airlines merger, as well as the 2009 U.S. Airways Miracle on the Hudson. During her time as a brand marketer for American, Jen was the architect of a number of innovative sports and entertainment brand partnerships, including the airline's first-ever deals with NBA International, the Chicago Cubs, and Stand Up to Cancer. Jen helps her clients accelerate results by quickly moving past fears, blocks, and insecurities so they can embrace a reality of centeredness while all things are possible. She founded Gold Light Leadership amidst the global pandemic to serve as a co-pilot to executive leaders looking to innovate. Pivot and develop themselves personally and professionally. Jen's interview today has so many incredible takeaways to help you level up. It all starts in your own mind. As Jen states, your subconscious is 1,000 times more powerful than our actions. So, what are you envisioning for your life? Let's take a listen and level up today with Jen. This is the perfect episode to end our first year of the podcast. Nothing is stopping us now. Don't worry, we are going to keep going one episode per week. Let's go. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Jen Adams. She is an advisor and executive coach to high achievers in the business of entertainment, sports, and leadership with Gold Light Leadership. So great to have you today, Jen.
1: Emily, I'm so excited to be here and chat with you and meet your listeners.
0: Wonderful. So thrilled to have you here today. This episode is completing one year of the Leadership is Female podcast. And what better way to wrap up year one, season one, than with you, Jen, who is an expert coach for mindset. And as we were chatting before the episode started, we were discussing some of the key themes that have arisen with this podcast And that is that the most successful women who've reached where they want to reach in their career have done so with confidence. When they've started to believe in themselves, they've risen to the top. So I really want to dig into that today. But before we get started, Jen, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do and how you got here.
1: Yeah, I would love to. And congratulations, Emily. Thank you for the work that you do to empower and spotlight so many amazing and talented women. And so happy that you are doing this work. And congrats on, on your anniversary. Thank you for the introduction. I am, I'm trying to practice something new, Emily. I'm trying to introduce myself without weaving in my job. So wish me luck. Here I go. It's
0: <laughs> a hard one. I can't wait to hear this. Let's
1: go. I am a mom. I'm a sister. I'm a girlfriend. I'm a best friend. I'm a daughter. I'm an amazing neighbor and member of my community. I love to travel. I'm a music junkie. I love karaoke. <laughs> Are we going to do some karaoke? Are we going to do some karaoke this morning, maybe?
0: I um, am not a <laughs> karaoke star. This this accent, this voice does not do well uh, behind the microphone with music. I'll tell you okay. that much.
1: Okay. Well, I'll let you off the hook this time. Maybe next time. Um, but I also love helping and supporting people. And really, that's when I think about my work now uh, as an executive coach I get to work with people and support them and help them build confidence and help them achieve their goals. And I feel so grateful that I've been able to turn that into a career um, and, and do it all day long, every day and meet great people like yourself. Um, I live in South Lake, Texas, which is a beautiful place to be. Uh, I work from home as so many people do right now. So um, just enjoying and that transition uh, that so many of us have, have had to make. Um, but I got here through a long journey. I was in marketing for the airline industry uh, for several years. And um, I actually made the decision to leave my position as head of marketing for American Airlines in 2018. And by all you know measures, I had really succeeded in my life and my career But I just felt like there was something missing, just a a deeper purpose in my life. And I, you know, like so many people that I work with now, I, I felt like my whole identity was sort of wrapped up in my job. And I had to make this really crazy decision to step away and really find out who I was and, and what my purpose was. And, and did I really have an identity if I didn't have this big, powerful, amazing job? And the answer was yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> and when I started my coaching business, after a lot of soul searching and a lot of, of work on myself uh, personally, I. Um, it just dawned on me that not everybody has that opportunity to step away from their job or, or take a step off the ladder to go figure themselves out. And I wanted to start my business to help people do that wherever they were, whether they were uh, already sort of at the end of their career and thinking about retirement or just starting out or thinking about making a, a transition after you know, decades with the same company. I really wanted to be that person that I needed when I was kind of going through that moment in my life. And so that's what I do now with my company, Gold Light Leadership.
0: Wow. I love that. And my head is just spinning with questions for you because it really hits home when you say that your identity was wrapped up in your job. I think that is the way that it is for me. I think that is the way that is for a lot of women. And specifically, you know, this is this is a podcast that talks to women in sports. And you work really hard in this man's world to earn this title and, and get this job. And your identity can be synonymous with Emily Jansen insert, you know, my title at, at, at my work. One of the things that's helped me is starting this podcast. I don't always just talk about you know my job. I talk about my experiences and leadership and the people that you know I work with, but it's it's another way to flex my identity and and contribute outside of my you know nine to five plus. Um, so what are what are some of the ways that you advise your clients to disassociate their person their well-being their who they are and, and why they're important how do you help them disassociate that from from their title
1: yeah it's there's so many ways to kind of go at this and i think for me it's working with clients to really connect with something greater beyond this day-to-day, sometimes rat race, this culture of, you know, competitiveness and social media and news, taking a step away from all of that and just finding time to reconnect with who you are at your center. Sometimes it's as simple as asking a client to take themselves to a to their happy place, you know, somewhere that they've traveled where they felt peace and they felt joy and just sometimes it's getting yourself back to those moments a lot of times when we're out in nature we can really reconnect with um, the small simple beauties in the world and sometimes just giving yourself permission to do that and dig deep into who who you are at the core um, can really have a profound effect it seems really simple um, but it can really open you up to, to seeing the beauty in the world uh, beyond just what's in front of our computer screens or what's the next meeting I have to go to.
0: Yeah, and that sort of touches a little bit on the work-life balance, the term that we just cannot get enough of. How does a leader begin their search for work-life balance? As you mentioned, you know the rat racer, we're running 100 miles an hour. How does an executive design a vision for their life that includes something that feels like a work-life balance? Mm -hmm.
1: It really comes down to prioritizing. I mean, we can have a conversation and and say that our families and our our self-care and our, our health are our priorities, but I work with my clients to help them put that into action. And that can be really difficult with the demands of a really stressful job and a, and a, you know, in a leadership role where you're supporting a team and taking care of your team, it can be really hard to do that. And I always work with my clients to remind them, you don't have to, it might not be realistic to prioritize all of those things every single day (laughs) but if you can test something out where you know what maybe once a week i am going to shut off my phone at four o'clock so i can go get that workout in or maybe you know twice a month I'm going to um, take the afternoon off to get the kids to the soccer game and actually stay and watch the game and shut the email off. So just testing little things out to um, really put into action our true priorities, because we all know that family and health and taking care of yourself is the key to supporting your team at work and being a better leader at work and just being an all around better version of yourself.
0: Yeah. I was speaking to somebody recently who said, you can have it all. You can do it all. Like all those things that feel like priorities to you, but stop looking at it in a 24 hour period. That's
1: right.
0: And, and that to me really helped me to reframe like, okay, I can be, you know, wife, mom, executive, uh, somebody who loves to work out, somebody who loves to hike, somebody who has hobbies. I can be all those things, but I don't have to be all those things on Monday. Right. Like they can exist in this larger period of time. And that to me was like game changer. So is you're helping executives sort of okay, what are the things that are my priorities? How do you help them to sort of make sure they, that they get them done? Because as we're running at work, we're sort of working off of like to-do lists, or we have these sprints that we're trying to finish in a certain period of time. Everything is very scheduled. So how do you help them to work in these new priorities into being a more whole and happy person?
1: Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it comes down to setting boundaries and communicating your needs. Um, A lot of times, some of the pressure we put on ourselves, (laughs) I know I do. Uh, And so it's being able to communicate your needs to your leadership, your partner, your team, uh, your friends, asking for help when you need help and setting those boundaries when you need a little extra space or you need a little extra time can really help to create that balance and that can be really hard to do I think especially as women we want to be able we tend to have this proving ourselves mentality and it's really hard to ask for help but people in your network want to help you and so being able to ask for what you need know what you need ask for what you need and be able to set boundaries and it's okay to say, no, we can't say yes to everything we get asked to do. We just can't. And and people, if they're asking you to do something, they're asking to get a yes or no. And you have the right to say no, if it's not something that you can handle.
0: You said, prove yourself mentality. That really resonated with me. And I can attribute that to a lot of the reasons why personally I wouldn't ask for help on a project or with something I was stuck on. I would just spend a bunch of time doing the research and finding the answer myself because I wanted to prove myself that I could uncover it um, rather than taking the the, the shortcut of asking an expert. And I think that's been one of the biggest breakthroughs in my career and in my leadership is knowing that when you ask somebody else for help, you're giving them the opportunity to contribute. And you're giving them an experience rather than harboring it all for yourself. So I was able to sort of reframe that on my own by saying, okay, maybe it's a little bit selfish if I'm constantly trying to prove myself, I'm never providing an opportunity for anybody else in the company. So that's been one thing that's helped me. What are some of the things that help your clients set those boundaries and communicate when it might be something that is like way out of their normal scope?
1: You know, sometimes it's just when we're asking for help, um, it doesn't always have to be a big ask. It can be something really small, like, "Hey, I need um, a couple hours off in the afternoon to go do this." I've already found a, a plan of of coverage, so kind of bringing in some some ideas and solutions if it's going to put the team in a in a different place, but. Really being comfortable with saying no or being comfortable with saying, I don't know the answer, but give me a little bit of time and I think I know someone who does have an answer and I'll come back with that. I I love what you said about um, empowering people and giving other people the opportunity on your team. One of my biggest learning lessons as a leader was I always felt like along that prove prove yourself mentality, I always felt like I had to know all the answers. And if my team came to me with a problem, I had to solve it for them and give them the answer. And I realized that's not what good leaders do. Good leaders coach their teams to find their own answers. And it took so much pressure off me. I didn't have to be the magician that, you know, waved the magic wand and solved all the problems was really supporting and empowering other people to solve the problem. It could really take the pressure off.
0: Breakthrough moment for me as well when I was overseeing a department and I thought, Okay, this is this is new for me to oversee this department. I've got to know everything, mm-hmm. and it was a few months in that I thought, no, like the people who are reporting to me and managing their teams, they need to be the experts. Yes, they should. They should know more than me because they're hyper focused on this specific element. If I know more than them, we're not going to be successful. So, right. it's 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 so true. And one of the things that you've you've done with Goldlight is helping senior level leaders navigate career transitions. So we talked a little about about like leaving the industry or taking, taking a new role. Um, how do you help them proactively design their ideal life? Is there an exercise that you go through um, with these individuals?
1: Well, there's usually a few key areas that, that we work on. Um, I think first and foremost, I give my clients permission to dream, <laughs> especially when you're in transition or you might've gotten laid off or you might've decided to leave. People need permission to go explore things that they've never done before. A lot, of, a lot of my clients are considering a completely different industry and it's just giving people permission to go explore that. Sometimes people just need to hear that. It's okay, go ahead, uh, reach out to someone in that industry, get some information. Um, have fun with it. And that's, that's the second part is make this a fun exercise. So if you're laid off, for example, I mean, we saw a lot of that during COVID, you have the opportunity to create that circumstance to be a really negative, horrible event that happened in your life, or it can be a really exciting, fun, challenging opportunity to write your next chapter. And so working with my clients to create that mindset of this doesn't have to be a daunting task, Um, networking and exploring new opportunities should be fun and inspiring and something you enjoy doing. And when you can get past that, you can really start to see some results as you're navigating what's next versus being in an anxious state and... Uh, you know, concerned about scarcity and and finances and all the what ifs. So trying to shift that thinking from
0: what if worst case scenario to what if best case scenario. Speaking of mindset coaching, talk a little bit about the difference between coaching and therapy.
1: Yeah. So a lot of my clients have therapists while they're working with, with me. Um, And I think that's great because, Therapy is really focusing on kind of the the why, um, why we behave the way we do based on kind of past experiences, where coaching is where you are now and where you wanna to get to in the future and how we're gonna set goals and action plans and be accountable to those goals to get you where you want to go. I think it's great to have uh, both. It takes a village just to navigate uh, our, our beautiful lives and the more support we have, I think the better.
0: Yeah. I think one of the, I don't know if ironic is the right word or not, but in the sports industry, so many of us have been athletes when we were kids or in high school or in college. And if you think back, like you really depended on that coach to help you to get better. And the interesting thing is, after college, like you start to gain your independence in college, you're not, you don't have the homework assignments and all the one-on-one with teachers and those, you know, most of us don't have those really small classes. So you start to learn that independence. Well, post-graduation, you're put into this job and you are in charge of your own success or you're at the mercy of your manager, which may be great when you got the job and there could have been turnover. Like there's so many things that that are out of your control. The one thing that you could potentially add to your life that could be a constant would be a coach. So is, is that sort of along the lines of like what you're seeing with your clients in, in sports and in travel and leisure industries?
1: Absolutely. I always advise having, you know, your personal board of directors. Right. <laughs> and so I think it's always great to have a mentor within your own company but they also have their own personal agenda in that company, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, But having someone with no skin in the game um, who has just a completely unbiased view of of the internal politics of your organization, uh, I think is really helpful for everyone to have. And someone who's not really in your personal circle per se. So your friends and your family and your, leadership at work, they all know you on a little bit of a different level. And just having someone who's outside that circle and bringing kind of an um, unfiltered lens can really be helpful in um, working on yourself personally and professionally.
0: Great point about the internal mentorship. Um, If you've got a mentor or somebody on your personal board of directors inside your company, Jen made the point that, you know, they have their own objectives as well, and that could color, you know, voluntarily or involuntarily, like some of the advice advice that's given to you when you're employed by the same organization, or, and they can also perpetuate what they're feeling onto you. So that person might be feeling, okay, I'm going to be with this company for 30 years. And so their advice Lens towards I'm going to be with this company for 30 years or I'm leaving this company the moment I get that new job offer. And so their advice to you lends to you better be leaving soon, too. So I think that the lens is, is a really, really good point. And, and another reason why that, that term personal board of directors has come up a couple of times recently. And we'd focused so much um, before just on having one singular mentor. And how it's important to have a go-to sort of team so that you get some different opinions and you're not banking your career, your advice on one individual.
1: Yeah. I want to add something to that. You know, we, we talked about building confidence and I know personally before I had really built my confidence up and trusted myself, I was the type of person who would, when I was faced with the decision, I would call everybody in my Rolodex and get their advice. But I already knew the answer. (laughs) It was just about building that confidence and trust in myself that it's great to hear other people's opinions, but ultimately each of us has the right answer within ourselves to navigate our lives. And building that muscle takes time, um, but again, that's something else I work with my clients on is, is developing your intuition and really listening to yourself uh, and trusting your own your own decisions because they are ultimately right.
0: Well, another theme in leveling up in your career and that's that's come up with a lot of guests on the podcast is decision making. And Jen, to your point, you've got to have the confidence in yourself first before you can execute on the decision-making piece. And um, one of the tips from a guest was, was make, make a decision. Don't make a million-dollar decision on, on the first go-around, but make one. You know, start flexing that muscle of your own decisiveness, of your own intuition, rather than always asking the audience And it's just the same thing as practice. It's sort of, it's a skill, it's a skill set. Like you've got to, you know, confidence comes with practice. Like you've got to continue to work on being confident. You're not born with it or not. It's something you can develop over time. Same thing, decision-making, intuition. Those are muscles you've got to flex. And when you don't, man, it becomes a lot easier to crouch into the corner
1: That's so, that's so true. I think, I I love that, you know, you don't have to make the million dollar decisions, but but just having a bias toward action and being okay with whatever circumstance happens, whether it's a win or a loss, uh, I'm going to take responsibility for it. And I'm going to learn from it if it's a mistake. And, And sometimes the biggest learning opportunities are when we take a risk and we make a mistake, but at least you, at least you, had a bias toward action, which I think is so important and and so important in coaching and leading is just inspiring your team to to take action and and calculated risks.
0: You guys, we have a new website, leadershipisfemale.com. Please visit us and know that we are here to help get you to the top faster. Are you a career female looking for an edge? Are you looking for answers on how you can level up? Our purpose is to bring interviews with female leaders in sports each week through this podcast, Leadership is Female, so you can uncover opportunities, hear tips to elevate your career, learn from our mistakes and successes so that you can get to the top faster. We're giving you all the advice we know now that we wish we knew then. We're extending a hand back to lead you forward. Let's go. Visit leadershipisfemale.com, join our newsletter, check out all the episodes of the podcast, and stay tuned for more resources to lead you forward. Leadershipisfemale.com. Throughout this season of Leadership is Female, I've talked with several founders of the Pro Sports Assembly. I'm glad to become a founder too and invite you to join us at prosportsassembly.com. We are the association for people who work in professional sports. Our core purpose is the advancement of diverse and inclusive leadership from finance, to innovation, operations and sales to social responsibility, marketing, human resources and analytics. The assembly aims to ensure pro sports has a diverse and talented pipeline to lead these efforts and more. Visit prosportsassembly.com to learn more. Yeah, and you talk about mindset mastery as a game changer. I want to know more. How do we achieve mindset mastery?
1: Well, I wish I could say that we're all 100% there. <laughs> but I think, you know, first and foremost, there's this there can be this this track uh playing in our heads. A lot of times it's it can be negative and it can be fearfulness and it can be our ego and, and just being aware of that side of us and knowing, you know, a lot of times that side is trying to protect us from something, but it can also really get in our way and just working through that on your own or with a coach to understand, okay, why is this still popping up and, and why is it, uh, why, how is this holding me back? can be kind of the first step. Self-talk is so important. We have to watch what we say to ourselves because our brains sort of believe that, that negative talk and they believe that positive talk too. So we have to be really cognizant of how we're talking to ourselves and about ourselves. I always catch people when, you know, you hear someone say, oh, I'm so stupid, I forgot this. It's like, we've got to really be careful about how we talk to ourselves, how we treat ourselves. Um, that's, that's a, that's a game changer for me. Uh, we talked about perception. So when things happen in your life, you can make them as big of a problem or as small of a problem as you want, or as big of an opportunity or as small as an opportunity as you want. I talked about the, what if game, you know, what if I can't, what if my business isn't successful? What if no one listens to my podcast? Well, what if my podcast goes viral? What if my business is so successful, I have a bigger impact than I ever did in the corporate role? You know, just giving yourself permission to flip that what if into infinite possibilities. I work with my clients a lot on visioning. Our subconsciousness is so much, our subconscious brain is literally a thousand times more powerful than our eyes and ears and kind of our, our conscious brain. And so really tapping into that and allowing yourself to imagine what your life could look like, look like can be really powerful in terms of mastering your mindset. But we have the control, we have the power to do this. Uh, but when we're running too fast and we're going hundred miles an hour and we're not taking the time to really focus on this stuff, Um, It can, it can really be a beat down and it can really affect how we show up as leaders and everything, our decision-making as moms, as, as everything we do.
0: So I heard you say that our subconscious is a thousand times more powerful. Yes. And our eyes and ears. So that, that going back to that track that you're talking about, that track that you're playing, if that's filled with the negative self-talk, how is that? you know, manifesting or, or really like it's coming true to yourself as a person. If you're talking badly, looking negatively at all of these that, you know, your perception on the world, if you're looking at something that happens to you and it's only the negative rather than the opportunity, well, that's probably how it's going to play out. If ruminating on this in the back of your mind is taking you to, to a bad place.
1: It's so true, Emily. It really does. And it's just how you show up. I mean, that's how you're showing up in your life um, from that negative spot. And it's the complete opposite when you start to shift that into the positive life and light. And when you start to look at things through a more positive lens and, and a, an area of opportunity versus uh, a challenge or a roadblock but I absolutely think we can manifest it one way or the other, right? What's that quote about? Uh, If you think you can, you can, if you think you can't, you can't.
0: Yep. Yeah. 100%. And I was thinking like, as you were talking about perception and about your subconscious and I guess like going way back in time, like the Genesis of humans, right? We were all about survival Because I was thinking about this, um, how you ask everybody, like, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? Like, why don't we ask, like, what's right? Or you say, how are you? And you answer, fine. And that's it. Like, you never expound upon, like, how you're actually feeling. Or why aren't you prompting with, are you feeling great today? Rather than, how are you? You know, there's things that we could probably change in our speech and the way that we behave as individuals that could help us maybe live in this, like, brighter space of greater opportunity.
1: I love that. What's something else we could ask people other than how are you?
0: What's great <laughs> about your day? That's right.
1: What are you excited about this week?
0: Yeah, I mean, we I've heard more than I can count about... Uh, The gratitude practice and how that is life changing because it starts to change the chemistry in your brain, and so it's it's a practice that's like really hard for people to start doing. But what if we walked around as individuals, like helping people on that journey? Like, what are you grateful for? What's great about your week? What's what happened wonderful this morning? You know, and it could be the sunrise. You know, I opened my eyes, like I'm breathing. You know, that's a great thing that happened today and we we need to live in that more positive place to really unlock the opportunity for the future
1: it's so true i was just you were taking me back to you said a couple things about you know the the beginning of humans and and it was all about survival and I was doing an interview with one of our common connections, Amy Sheridan, and we were talking about gratitude. And I remember saying that I was grateful that I had clean water to drink and that I had an internet connection so I could interview, have the interview with her that day. And it was a week before the really intense snowstorms that we had here in Texas, where believe it or not, we had no power for two days and we had no clean water the city literally ran out of water and it just took me back to that moment of being really grateful for the basics and stop worrying about some of the, you know, things that really don't matter. Like, you know, the car and the house and the stuff (laughs) that's nice to have, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not the, the basics, um, It's not the basics. And we need to be really grateful that we have the basics.
0: Yeah. And it brings up another, you know, quote or, you know, common phrase of you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Yes. You know, it's a hundred degrees the last two weeks in Reno. Like, what if I didn't have air conditioning? That's what I would be complaining about, you know, nonstop. And, you know, you take it for granted as you're waking up um, and I'm wearing long sleeves, you know, in my house, right. (laughs) Rather than... Uh, being out in the sweltering heat.
1: Exactly.
0: So mindset mastery, you know, we really have to like work on that. It's, it's, it's not something that comes naturally as you can tell from what Jen and I are talking about. Like as humans, we're not, most of us are not lucky enough to be living in this beautiful, bright, grateful place all the time. It takes conscious effort and focus in order to, to live in that space. And you know, for those of us who are leaders, and I, I believe we're all leaders in one way or another at the office or or some someplace in our lives, imagine if you brought that energy. Imagine if you brought that mindset to those around you and the influence that you could have.
1: Yes, I think everyone has an opportunity to bring that. And it's interesting when you when you talk about that, too. I think another way to measure success in in mastering your mindset is to your point, you're not going to be riding on this high bright spot, 110% of the time, and we're gonna have dips. And I think one way I've been able to measure my success with this and my client success is how long are you staying in that dip? And are you using the tools and the practices of gratitude and meditation um, and self-talk? Are you using that to, to spend less time in the dips? I think is a good way to measure success with your mindset
0: a great point for all of us like how are we measuring our results you know we talk about that all the time and that's something to be conscious of how much time are you spending in in that dip great point so what are some of the results that someone can expect if they do decide to work with an executive coach
1: yeah i think uh, we've talked about a lot of them but it comes down to um, creating some balance in your life, working on some of these practices uh, around your mindset mastery. So, um, you know, the things we've talked about the visioning, the self talk, the gratitude, the perception, building confidence in your capabilities. So, it's interesting. I work with a lot of people who have been in the same job for a really long time. And when they think about telling their story or talking about their accomplishments, they get stuck. And so working with a coach can really help you talk through and think through all the accomplishments that you may have had in your career, whether it's you've been there a year or 25 years. Um, that's a that's a huge uh, area that I work with my clients on. Also working through limiting beliefs or some of these assumptions that we have. I'm always the first to, to challenge someone when they say, oh, I could never do that, or that person wouldn't. Wouldn't want someone like me on their team, or you know, those words like "never" uh, or "can't do it." That's a big area that that I work with my clients on moving past that, so that they can. I think I said this before, kind of have permission to go explore and meet new people and be open to ideas and and inspiration.
0: So for somebody who is working with a coach there's an opportunity to bring this practice, this mindset, this, this new era of how you're feeling, being, doing, finding this work-life balance into your corporate culture. So how do we weave mental wellness and um, sort of this mindset mastery, like the things as a leader, if you're working with a coach, the chances are you're going to want to share some of that with the people that you work with, you're gonna to wanna to have that positive impact on your company. So how do we do that?
1: Great question. I think there's a lot of companies that are paving the way on this front too. I think I just read something recently that Bumble is offering burnout sabbaticals. Um, I think it's there's a there's a handful of things we can do. Understanding that people need time and they need to take breaks and they need to refresh and recharge. I, I I hope that someday we can get rid of the word sick time and just go to a time off <laughs> model where whether you're actually physically ill or you just need a, a mental wellness day to focus on, um, on yourself mentally, um, I hope we can get there. I know a lot of companies Facilitate leadership development. I've worked with companies, uh, teams, myself, but I would say whoever you're working with, make sure you look at all of your development and training, and make sure you're looking and offering holistic solutions to your team, um, and and creating a culture where where you understand that we're bringing our whole selves to work. The days of compartmentalizing, you know, who I am at work is different than who I am at home. Those days are are over we are who we are and we bring that everywhere we go and so just creating a culture that that supports that i think is really important a lot of companies especially in sports i mean the physical activity to your point being a, an athlete you know physical and mental are so interconnected And making sure that, you know, there's opportunities for teams to get some sort of physical activity, whether it's together or, you know, having a gym on site, little things like that, um, I think can go a long way.
0: Yeah, and I just finished a series on the podcast, Young Leaders, where I interviewed women who were earlier in their career, um, but have done, you know, some great things already. And I asked them a lot of questions around the topic of work-life balance. What do you look for in a leader manager? What do you look for in a company? And Jen, so many of their answers were so spot on with what you just said. They want their employers to understand that they need time off. They need to take breaks. That burnout is real. That they are a whole person. That they are a 3D human being who wants to give their all to their job, but like making it to the top of the ladder might not be their highest priority. They wanna travel and cook and have all sorts of different experiences. Maybe they're, they've are they got a some type of side hustle, whether that's making money or just a passion project of theirs. That they're this whole person, it doesn't mean they're gonna give less to their employers or underperform. It just means that there needs to be space to be that whole individual, Not just you know running a hundred miles an hour at work and then get home too exhausted to pursue my passion. Well, if this part of you is completely depleted, you stop showing up to work one hundred percent for the company that is employing you.
1: It's so true, and I love the. I mean, you're the perfect example of pursuing your passion outside the office with your podcast uh, and your children. And it's so true. If if one part of our lives is out of alignment, it's gonna show up everywhere else. And so just uh, being cognizant of when you feel that that's out of alignment and then thinking through solutions on how you can get back on track to make sure you're feeling full in every area of your life and and finding that happiness and worthiness, no matter where you are on the ladder uh, or where you are in your career, you are here for a reason. You have a purpose and a job to inspire people through whatever it is that you decide to do. And a lot of times that'll come through in, in the passion side of, of your life versus your job. But you know, some of us are lucky enough to be able to do it uh, all the way around.
0: Yeah. And I love that you use the word worthiness. And that it doesn't have to come from your job. It can come from another part of your life because, again, you're that 3D. You're 3D. We're living in a real world on this round planet and it doesn't have, nobody said it has to come from one place or another. There's plenty of people who find their fulfillment in their home studio, you know, painting after work and their job in finance allows them to see the greatest works of art in the world. It's the, the job is fueling the passion, you know, in this other arena, it doesn't have to be one way or the other. So I would encourage everyone to sort of do, do a little bit of that work. Like think about that a little bit and how that might apply to your life. And Jen, there's another area uh, that you help teams and people through and that's leading a team through chaos and helping a leader find calm during the chaos. In the sports industry, we run on tight timelines. We need to often react to a result like a win or a loss or an injury of a player that might change our business in an instant. Um, So how do you uh, find that you can help a leader develop a greater skill set about being calm in the chaos?
1: Yeah, I think first and foremost we need to focus on what we can control because so much of it is out of our control, especially in the sports industry. I would also say it's great to have a plan B, but be prepared to kind of throw it away because you can't predict every uh, scenario. But uh, at least be prepared and know that you know things could go off course at any time. Um, Be prepared for that. Be prepared to uh, go off the cuff and and go off the plan when you need to. And I always say from a team perspective, I think servant leadership is so important. And it's really the only model, in my opinion, that can really inspire a team, especially in times of, of chaos and crisis. And so knowing as a leader that you're there to support and empower your team in good times and bad, you're not there to, to bark orders and command power. It's kind of flipping the org chart, if you will, and putting yourself as a leader at the bottom and your team at the top uh, and asking how you can support them should always be a focus in good times and bad.
0: So the term servant leadership is used a lot without definition. And you provided such a great definition and a visual of of servant leadership of flipping the org chart, the leader at the bottom, the team at the top and being there to support and empower them in good times and in bad. So I love what you said there. And I just needed to reiterate that for the audience on, on, what exactly that means. And servant leadership doesn't have to be the CEO of the company. It can be multi-layered. If you're leading anyone, you can apply that, that principle, that practice. And, and one of the things, you know, this, this last year has been particularly difficult and unexpected and plan A, B, C through Z, you know, we've burned through in the sports industry during the pandemic. You know, I think that there's, there's a lot of ways to successfully get through something like this now that we've learned in retrospect and who knows if we'll ever have to use again. But one of the things that I had seen is the bottom looking up, right? Like we were so scared. We were so nervous. Everyone turned to just look to the top, you know, sort of freeze. And I I need to hear from you where to go next. And I want to say that an idea a great idea can come from any level of the company you can't miss an opportunity to share what you think um, and and that again comes back to to that confidence that decision making that that ability to speak up know that you were hired for a reason you're in that seat you're part of that company for a reason and they want to hear your voice i would tell everyone you know here today like You got that burning idea in the back of your head. Don't let somebody else have it. It's yours to share and and speak up.
1: It's so true. And two things I would add to that. As a leader, when we're faced with uncertain times, being able to say, I don't know what the plan is, but we're in it together and I'm going to be here right beside you and I'm here to support you, but it's okay to, to say you don't know. And the second thing I would say is, yes, always use your voice always ask the question. If you're nervous, so what? Do it anyway. People do want to hear what you have to say and don't ever be afraid to speak up.
0: I can say that some of the best business articles that I've read in the last year regarding the pandemic and leadership through the pandemic were those that focused on leaders who said exactly what you just said, you can say, I don't know. Those that shared that, and we we assigned the word vulnerability to that, a, a leader being vulnerable was saying, I, I don't know the path forward, but that that established common ground and it's, I don't know, but, and then here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to try. You know, that gets your team back on the footing of, okay, I can trust in this person, They're not the be-all, end-all, know-all. We're going to go through this together and we're going to make it out just fine. Adding that human element to your leadership skill set is so important uh, to successfully lead your teams forward.
1: I think the trust piece is something really important just to touch on there because when you say, I don't know, it builds trust with your team versus Pretending like you've got the answer. None of us could pretend we had the answer during COVID. So it goes a lot farther to say, I'm not sure what the timeline is here. I don't know what the next step is, but we're going to take it together. And I'm here for you every step of the way.
0: Absolutely love it. Establishing that trust through revealing the fact, the true fact that you do not have all the answers. Nobody does. So Jen, we have a new thing on the podcast, the final four questions. You can give one piece of advice to a woman today in order for them to level up tomorrow or maybe tonight. Um, (laughs) What would that piece of advice be?
1: Yep. I'll say it again. Don't ever be afraid to speak up. Ask the question, share the idea. If you're nervous, do it anyway.
0: You heard it here, folks. So Jen, In your uh, introduction, you told us you love to travel. What's your favorite place to travel or one place you'd like to visit?
1: Well, I just checked a place off the list uh, last week. I was in Costa Rica, and it was beautiful. Just the jungles, the waterfalls, the ocean, the mountains, again, really took me back to that place of of centeredness and calm that sometimes we just can't feel until we're out in nature.
0: Amazing. So what is the song that you are playing on repeat right now? What can we add to the playlist? It's Tiesto,
1: the business.
0: Tiesto. So funny when I ask this question, I'm like, uh, how do you spell that? (laughs) T
1: I E S T O. I love that song. It's motivating, but I mean, I think it's the same lyric over and over again. Let's get down to business. And I have yes. to remind myself uh, when I'm, you know, working on an idea or having one of those days where I'm not sure what the next step is, I turn that song on and it just helps me refocus and recenter.
0: Oh, I know it. I'm still cool. I know that one. I don't have too many, you know, Disney theme songs <laughs> bouncing around my head. I love Good it. For you. I love it. Okay. Last question. What is your favorite quote?
1: Um, I'm going to share a Brene Brown quote that you sort of spoke to, but I think it's so important. Belonging doesn't require us to change who we are. It requires us to be who we are. You said, you know, hire, you were hired for a reason. We've talked about, don't, don't be afraid to speak up. Being yourself and being you is really the secret sauce to Success in life and work. So, thanks to Brene Brown for that good one. She's awesome.
0: That Brene Brown, she just knows exactly what to say. I she love does. her. Such such a great book that that she's written, um, Dare to Lead. I've yes. read and referenced that so many times, um, and that's a phenomenal quote, Jen. I think you brought this conversation full circle. As as a coach and and helping people level up, which is what we're all about here on the podcast, you shared so many key points, key factors, and ways that we can think and, and tactical things that we can do in order to put ourselves in the right place to find the success that we are seeking in our business and in our life, our home life too. So thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. Where can we keep in touch? Thank you so much, Emily. I really
1: enjoyed it. You can check out my website, goldlightleadership.com, Instagram, jen.adams.coach. I would uh, love to hear from any of your listeners on their feedback on what we chatted about. I'm I'm just so happy that you're continuing to do this great work.
0: Thank you. And you guys, Jen said it too. Every guest says this at the end of their episode, reach out to me. They say, reach out to me. I'd love to help you more. So don't forget to poke Jen on LinkedIn, reach out to her on Instagram and follow up. I think we've learned over the course of the last year that following up and having these courageous conversations is what's going to lead you to the next level in your career. So thank you so much, Jen. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, many of us are operating with a prove yourself mentality. Does that sound familiar? With each task, we are taking it internal to prove over and over again our worth. You can't say yes to everything and it's okay to ask for help. Asking for help creates opportunities for others. Number two, Mindset mastery work starts with tracking your negative and fearful self-talk. Become aware of that dialogue and begin to watch what we say to ourselves. Create a more positive script because perception is everything. When things happen in your life, you can make them as big or as small as you'd like. What if you made the best things big and the worst things small? Number three, work-life balance comes down to one word. Prioritizing. What are the top priorities for you, and how do you put the time they require into action? And number four, confidence comes from trusting in yourself to make the decisions and develop your intuition. Hey, leaders, if you want to be in for a treat, definitely subscribe to this show if you have not done so already because we have so many amazing episodes coming up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen, so you don't miss out. And if you leave us a review or post about me or tag Leadership is Female on your Instagram stories, to talk about the show, we'll enter you into a giveaway. We're giving away something every single month. Some of my favorite things from my favorite work bag to my favorite sunglasses. Make sure that you spread the word and we will reward you for that. I'll also send you a personal thank you note and repost your comments and reviews. Last thing, did this episode bring you any insights, ideas, aha moments, anything you are inspired by? If so, take one second and share the link, post about it on your Instagram, text your friend, email, so many ways to share leadership is female. And if you do post about this show, again, don't forget to tag at Leadership is Female or at Emily Jansen or my awesome guest today, because knowing that this conversation made a difference for you means the world to us and we love to see it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedis and distributed by Anchor FM.